Hey everybody, it's Angelica from Yoga Liberty Podcast, and I am excited to talk to you today with my friend Marina, and she has a company that she calls Health Glows. You can find her on Instagram at Health Glows, and today we're going to talk about using a dehydrator to create delicious raw foods. So let's get to it. Thanks for listening. everyone, I'm going live today with Marina from Health Glows, and she's going to talk to us today about her new book, Dehydrator Recipes, and that book is included as a part of the Raw Vegan Bundle, the Ultimate Raw Vegan Bundle, that's available only until November 1st, and I'm super excited to have her join us, so I'm going to go ahead and right now. Hey! Hello, hello! I'm so glad that we connected finally. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see you. You're very clear now. That is wonderful. Thank so you. you are Marina, and you have um, a uh, your 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 organization business. Your um, your offering to the planet is called Health Glows, and you yes. have. Um, an Instagram, but also a YouTube channel where you share raw vegan recipes. That's correct. That's correct. So my platform, I, I, that's how I call it, is Health Glows, uh, because I believe that uh, when you're healthy inside, that glows outside. Um, and people can find me on my YouTube channel, Health Glows. They can watch my videos. There, there are fitness videos and recipe videos, and also videos in which I just explain certain things about health uh, from the standpoint of natural hygiene and raw vegan diet. And also here on Instagram, I am under Health Glows. Awesome. And you've written a book that is included in the Ultimate Raw Vegan Bundle. That's correct. And it's called Dehydrator Recipes. It has 49 recipes across 187 pages. And it is an incredibly detailed book that demystifies dehydrating and makes it very approachable. I read the whole book. I think it's a fantastic and wonderful offering. And I so appreciate being part of the Ultimate Raw Vegan Bundle with you. Well, thank you. Thank you for appreciating my book and for um, uh, paying so much attention to it. Uh, yeah, I, I truly hope that this book is going to reach so many people who um, who are maybe uh, like find raw vegan diet uh, uh, as find it on a raw vegan diet, they would be missing something and that something is just what they are used to. So why not teach them how to quote-unquote cook but with a dehydrator instead of an oven um, and the point of uh, replacing your oven with a dehydrator is that uh, with the dehydrator you can set the temperature not to go over 118 uh, Fahrenheit which is somewhere around 46 Celsius so that all the enzymes and vitamins and minerals and all the nutrients stay intact uh, you want to eat whole foods uh, but if you want to process it dehydrating would be the much better solution than cooking it because you're not destroying the nutrients and you're not creating uh, toxins and anti-nutrients. And not adding preservatives or extra things that are bad yeah. for your body. 
Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So all the ingredients that I am using in my recipes overall, as well as in this book, are fresh, raw, vegan ingredients. I don't use any, uh, like, uh, very, um, I don't know, uh, strange or uh, hard to find uh, ingredients. They're all very affordable, very approachable um, uh, ingredients, fresh fruits and vegetables with some spices. And I even show people in the book uh, recipes on how they can make their own homemade spices. That is really incredible. And I was very struck by celery patty. patty. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. because I've always had a, a war with celery. It's like a texture thing. I don't, it's like, oh, celery. And people love it. I know it's really good for you. It's super hydrating. You burn more calories eating celery than it is in it. Just like the motion of chewing it. But I just, I don't know. Celery has been like very, uh, for me. So I thought that was a really cool recipe that I would like to try because maybe it will bring me and celery together in a whole new way. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. You should definitely try it. And that uh, dried celery, celery powder is um, is uh, is a, a go-to solution for everyone who is struggling with uh, leaving salt, because salt is a very strong ad, uh, makes a very strong addiction. And uh, there is a reason for it because it disbalances certain hormones in the body, uh, sodium sparing uh, hormone aldosterone. So that's why it is very hard for people to leave uh, to to get rid of salt. But celery powder can definitely help in uh, in that because it gives that salty flavor. Uh, because it's so rich in uh, in sodium. Wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. But yeah, salt is a major addiction. And I quit smoking like eight years ago, but I was a smoker for like 20, 25 years. And so food really lacked flavor to me without salt. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone says that. Everyone says that. Um, and in order to rejuvenate your taste buds, you just need to get rid of that what uh, made them addictive. And that is so hard to do because how to get rid of something that your taste buds are, are addicted to? Uh, salt is so strong that I like to make a parallel to, this, to the following scenario. If you go into a perfume uh, shop and you uh, smell all these perfumes, after a while, you won't be able to smell any because your taste buds, uh, your smell buds just went numb due to all these strong uh, smells. Uh, but once when they're clean uh, uh, and they get a chance to rejuvenate themselves, then you can again uh, feel uh, those very in, uh, flavors that are present in vegetables, in tomatoes, in celery, in various dishes and and, and that's, you know, that's what your taste buds start to appreciate. But yeah, uh, unless you are used to, um, if you are used to salt, then it is so hard not to eat without salt. I even know people who start uh, using, um, they, when they sit for the, for the table, before they even try a meal, they put salt on it. Just because it's a habit or, uh, you know, if, the, if, you, if you ask them like, but you haven't even tried. How do you know that you uh, that you need salt? And they said, "Well, I always do." So they live on salt practically. And it is a sad it is sad picture because that just portrays that uh, many people live in a in a belief that salt is the only flavor on this planet. 
<laughs> and salt actually kills your taste buds for other flavors because it's absolutely so absolutely yes yeah. yes and not just that it kills your taste buds but but it's actually a rock and i don't care if it's pink it is chameleon it is himalayan himalayan um it is whatever uh, the manufacturer says it's a miracle salt i don't care all about that it's a rock and your body has to um it has to work uh, very hard to uh, to raise your uh, blood pressure in order in order to get rid of the salt. Yeah, your blood pressure goes up. It um, stops. It, it starts to give you hypertension, and it's really like a big contributor to heart disease, which, as we know, kills someone every thirty six seconds. Heart disease is the leading killer worldwide by like 900 times over the next killer, which is cancer, that also um, can be contributed to by eating table salts, salts that have all kinds of additives in them. Um, so yeah, salt is, salt is in, insidious, but we've been told that we need it. And we've been told that- Oh, we've been told so many lies. It. And we, we, we are currently in the phase of human history when we are, um, uh, no, when, when, when there, well, when we are, have been, have been um, uh, being told so many lies <laughs> that salt is a such a minor lie in all of that. Uh, however, I would like to point out something that I always like to correct and don't get, get me wrong. Um, I hope that you won't take this personally, but uh, you know, people usually say uh, that uh, the main killer is a heart attack. But I would like to uh, to put it in a different way because um, the modern medicine um, um, has this like explanation uh, that is called pathology, uh, which is based on naming uh, normal reactions of the body to abnormal conditions uh, like illnesses, and they name them at, uh, according to the symptoms. Heart attack, it is not that heart attacked anyone, it is rather that people attack, attack their hearts. So what would be uh, if we called the main killers of the world, not by the symptoms, but by the causes, then we would say uh, not a, a, a heart attack, but meat attack or salt attack yeah. or a processed food attack. And that would give a whole lot of meaning because finally people would know how to uh, uh, what, what to do about it and unless we do it unless uh, um, un until we change that and uh, while we are naming all these quote-unquote diseases which as I as my definition of disease is a normal reaction of the body to abnormal conditions uh, well as long as we are naming them by the symptoms then people uh, will put the their health into the into the hands of so-called uh, uh, do doctors who who they believe they cure them. But if we uh, name those quote unquote diseases by the causes, not by the symptoms, then people will have their uh, health in their, in their hands, will be uh, healthy independently of um, various institu institutions. Yeah, that makes an incredible amount of sense. I've heard heart disease called the animal's revenge. Oh my gosh, I love that one. I love that one. And yeah, uh, yeah um, even though, you know, um, 
Oh, oh I, yeah, I love that one. And I would add, um, like, revenge, rightful revenge, because... <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is, it is. You know, uh, as you already know, as you, you already know, you're so conscious about this. Uh, if, um, if slaughterhouses had, uh, if, if slaughterhouses had glass walls, yeah, we nobody would, would be. Nobody would, I grew up on a farm. And so I grew up on a hog farm and uh, was very well acquainted with the slaughter process, with the raising process, with animal husbandry. And we also had cows and um, chickens. So I've been a part of all of that. My grandpa took us hunting to do um, hunting squirrels. Um, and he, he killed my rabbits that were like my pets. Um, so yeah, so for, I started being a vegetarian when I was 11. Oh, wow, what a story. And I became vegan later in life um, when I started to understand the, the part of dairy, you know, and how dairy plays a role. And it's like a massive cancer causer. But also that animals that are dairy animals, they're really not well taken care of. Absolutely. And um, they, they'll produce because it's not natural to keep producing milk all the time. So what they'll do is they forcefully impregnate the cows and then they keep them pregnant all of the time. And then they take the babies from them immediately. And, you know, they either become feeder, feeder cows or they'll become veal. And if they become veal, that means that they're baby cows that are being eaten. And they put them on these very short chains so that they'll fatten up. They're like, they only get like three feet of movement. Um, and you can, you, where I'm from, you can drive down the road and you see them and they have, they have no, there's no shame at all. Like these, these baby cows are tied up right on the side of the road and they each have their own little house for shelter and they have their three foot chain and they're just tied up like in a line. And that is the result of dairy. So, um, you know, breaking the dairy addiction, people will say, oh, I, I can't, I can't go without cheese, but I encourage people to go without cheese for, you know, like a week and see what happens to your sinuses. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. There is a great, a great book. Uh, I trust that you already know about this book uh, by Dr. Neil Barnard uh, from DC. He wrote the book, uh, Cheese, uh, Cheese Addiction, uh, Cheese Trap. Cheese Trap. Mm. It is an amazing book and he goes into details why cheese in itself is so addictive to people and there is such a simple explanation to that. So because uh, nature is so wise and nature assumed that people are not stupid, nature just didn't know, right? So nature assumed that people know that cows are not their mothers. So she made it, uh, so she made milk of a cow especially for uh, the baby of a cow which is very well right a uh, very uh, uh, very wise thing thing to do so uh, nature made sure that the calf um who um you know calves uh, calves run very good but when it comes to brain uh, capacity they don't really know that they should stick to their mother until they are uh, grow uh, grown up enough so uh, nature put uh, this um 
Kessel morphine into a uh, Kessel morphine into uh, into cow's milk, which makes a, a addiction, but for a cough. And then people took that milk with Kessel morphine inside, and then they uh, practically uh, uh, took out the liquid and just condensed that Kessel morphine, which is like a drug. Uh, that is just a, a socially accepted drug. Yeah, and actually, if you're buying processed vegan food, like vegan cheeses or veggie cheeses, if you read the ingredients, oftentimes it will say casein on there. No, I don't know what country you're in, but in the United States, they can basically put anything they want in our foods. It's very loosely regulated, um, and the FDA is not on our side. They take a lot of money from a lot of different organizations and that's how they kind of lean. I mean, we all know that saccharin and the artificial sweeteners that are in diet sodas are like leading cancer causers, and yet they're legal. Um, and that's how, you know, the FDA just is like, yeah, that's fine. So um, <laughs> um, as long as you're buying it and as long as you're paying for it, it's fine. Yeah, and in all fairness, I think consumers don't know because they think they see something says diet, they say, oh, it must be good for me. You know, I remember having this conversation with my stepmother um, maybe 20 years ago, and she was like, I'm buying all these diet foods. I'm like, that's not real food. That's not good for you. You would be better off just buying actual butter than buying margarine because at least it's not processed, you know? So, but, you know, you can't fight with your family. <laughs> Oh, I know that well. I know that one well. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I hear you so well. And I remember the days when I was vegetarian in 2004 and then went vegan in 2005 until 2012 when I went raw vegan. And in those eight years of my vegetarian slash uh, vegetarian first year and then seven years of a cooked vegan diet, I was always checking out the ingredients of uh, different lab, uh, labels. And I remember that in one period I was living in the States uh, and then I was shocked by your labels. I have to say that you, your food is much more processed than uh, from the country that I come from. But I come from um, a country that was and probably is on, on merge of being a third world, world country, you know, we, which has many down, downsides. But on the other hand, I can see clearly that being in a, such a pros, uh, country of prosperity can also have, uh, can have downsides because the prosperity comes from uh, and, uh, people who didn't have a right education about uh, diet and they are like not forced but just made addicted to all these processed foods that um, FDA and other organizations are making such a huge profit on it, on the, uh, the for, for the huge price of people's health, and then all the money they have, they invest first in those toxic ingredient, uh, toxic foods, quote unquote foods, non-food items, and then on top of that, they have to sponsor the big pharma. That's such a brilliant <coughs> business plan. I just wish I invented that. My gosh, like what, we can, what, what is it? We could talk about big pharma all day long, but um, but yeah, let's not go into that. Let's go into some nicer topics. I really, before we, before we end, I really want you to talk to people about 
acquiring a dehydrator and how, you know, what they should look for when they're buying one? Okay, well, thank you for asking me that. And thank you for changing the subject. Uh, talking about what we have just finished with talking is not my favorite subject, it's just because it brings all this dark energy. So let's dive into nicer, uh, onto nicer topics. And one of them is how to prepare your dishes with a dehydrator. Um, I would like to share that I, uh, my kitchen doesn't have a uh, a stove doesn't have an oven at all. Uh, I don't have a cooker and there is even a YouTube um, a video on my YouTube channel, Health Glows, in which I'm showing you my kitchen without a stove, without a, a cooker. Um, I would like also to share this, that when I uh, was uh, like working with a this, this man who was making this kitchen, he was so shocked that I didn't want to have a place for a stove. Uh, but I uh, told him that instead of that, I want to have a special place for my dehydrator. And he made it perfectly. So uh, since then, um, and before that, I mean, since 2012, I've been using my dehydrator uh, as oven. Uh, so uh, what you should be uh, looking for when you are uh, choosing a dehydrator? Uh, well, I've been using Excalibur. I find that it is the best one on the market so far, even though uh, there are some others that are really good. And there are some that are much more like affordable, but in, um, you know, uh, not everything is in the price. You can maybe buy something that is very cheap, but then uh, just know that it is very cheap quality as well. And that the, the temperature regulation can be very questionable. And on the other hand, and uh, like having a good uh, dehydrator uh, that might be a little bit more expensive will also comes with a high, uh, higher quality. Um, and then uh, you can regulate the temperature of dehydrating food very, very well and trustworthy. It is, it is trustworthy. So I'm using uh, Excalibur. Um, myself, I have the one with four trays and there are uh, different types. There, are, there, there is one with four trays, the one with five trays, one with nine and one with 10 trays. I would say now, now that if I was uh, take, uh, buying another dehydrator, I would definitely buy the biggest one because I took uh, the smallest one so many years ago when I thought that I... I wouldn't be using it much, but now I see it's just small. And if you're dehydrating something, you better dehydrate in batches than in such small quantities. So look for the size, look for the quality, and uh, know that uh, this is this is something that I like to. Um, uh, this is the motto that I like to follow when it comes to paying uh, a good price for something. I'm not rich enough to buy cheap. Because you, you can, you know, you, you buy cheap, you get cheap. You buy something that is, like, you know, normal price and you get good quality. So do not sacrifice quality for the price. I would say Excalibur, even though they, they didn't pay me to, to say this. Um, I wish they had. Um, and um, look for the quality and look for the size. I wouldn't go for four trays um, if you or one person or two people, then five trays is okay. But if it's like a, a four member a family or a regular size family, then nine to 10 trays is a must.
All right. That sounds really great. I'm super excited to get started on making some of your recipes. And I'm so excited to be a part of the Ultimate Raw Vegan Bundle with you. Um, you can check out Marina's page at Health Glows. And if you want to grab the Ultimate Raw Vegan Bundle, you can go to the link below bit.ly slash raw yoga retreat, or you can go to Marina's page or my page and the link is in our bios. Make sure that you grab it before November 1st. When it ends, there are 55 books in the Ultimate Raw Vegan Bundle. So you're getting each book for under a dollar each. It's an incredible value. There are so many amazing books. I have a book in there to do your own home yoga retreat. And as you just found out, Marina has a book about dehydrating. So thank you so much for joining and I will see you very soon. I appreciate you and have a wonderful day. That's right. Bye-bye.